You know what? I, I, this is how I believe, okay? I'm from the old school. Oh, the TYT old school. Oh my God, you guys caught me by surprise. Hey, what's up? I thought we guys, Mark Thompson, me. You guys know <laughs> this guy in the middle. Uh, on on last week's old school, um, we heard a harrowing story from uh, Mark about um, a potential break-in. It didn't fully happen. A potential break-in uh, out in uh, in Southern California, in Venice. See, I thought he said heroin. <laughs> That's where that came That's where from. It came from. A heroin story, and I was like, oh my god, he's oh, yeah, an addict. Yeah, I know. Jr. likes to use the word harrowing. <laughs> you don't hear it much. You don't hear harrowing used much by yeah. people. But Jr. used it twice. But I didn't realize I used it twice. Yeah. But apparently, I say it incorrectly because. Um, no, I, I no, thought I was saying I just heard it with, my, with, your, with the Puerto Rican accent. <laughs> you common. wanted to hear heroin. It's more common to hear You were disappointed that there was no heroin in the story. I know, I was very disappointed. Like, when um, did heroin go away, by the way? I mean, no. or is it back? Did it? Oh, no, it's back. But, wait, but, but it did go away. Did it? Yeah. It did so go away, and then, because they said it made a comeback. Um, and, and it's very close. Very close to me because my mom is addicted to uh, Percocet, and Percocet mm. is a pill form of heroin. So the doctor was talking to me and telling me about how, um, and I'm saying it publicly because I want her to be shamed into recovery. Um, it, it, the doctor was saying that it's it's an epidemic right now, and it's made a very big comeback. And because it's, it's inexpensive, is that the key? And it's killing a lot of, uh, it's a drug of choice of people that are in, in their 20s. Um, oh. A lot of younger people. Um, oh. I, I, and I, I'll be lying if I told you what the reasoning is, but I, I've lost people close to me to it. It's unbelievable right now how much damage it's doing. It oh. is back and it is on the rise. Is that, is that the, the, like you said, it was off of, it's, not, it's what the pill form uh, it's Percocet, he said, right? And then with prescription drugs, a couple weeks ago I was on, and we were ta- on the main show, and we were talking about um, about uh, the, uh, not even heroin, what's the opioid, like, which mm-hmm. is all the same in my, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm clueless on They're drugs. They're the same right? family, yeah. um, But we were talking about the opioid epidemic, and I was mentioning how you know, many times it's because of people who may get injured on the job, these blue collar workers, maybe coal miners and all that stuff, because I saw a documentary, I read other cases about how when people end up being injured, then they kind of get thrown some pain meds. Yeah. And then once they're done with it, they have this, they have this addiction, right? Yeah. And then we kind of toss them to the side. And I was, I was complaining about the way that we approach that and that we need to address our issues with doing that and getting it started in the first place, just as far as the healthcare system overall. Several people tweeted and, and, and at me, upset, angry, that are actually used medication as, um, as a pain, a, a chronic pain regulate, regulatory thing for them. And apparently that pitch, or me saying that, is a commonly used thing to shame many people that need it, and is therefore people who aren't abusing it get... It makes it harder for them to go through the process of getting the medication that they need. And they were very vehement and upset about it. And they said, this is an age, not age old, but is an old, hateful thing that is said about many people. And then it 
crosses over to people who actually need it. And I had not heard about that at all. So I don't know if that's something that, um, like you mentioned your mom, if that's something that the degree to which that is a bigger case. Well, I mean, I, I will say this. Um, my mom uh, had an injury, and that's where it started. Mm-hmm. I've had an injury, and I won't take the painkillers because I know uh, my ex-husband played professional football, and he was very very clear about how those drugs affect you. And there are some people who actually need them that are dealing with some very painful diseases. But I would be um, I would be disingenuous if I wouldn't say that my mom also has some severe emotional issues, <clears throat> and the medication is a, a coping mechanism for her with the issues that she has in real life because the problem is that she is an addict, that is a disease, and the, the issues that stem from what's really going on on the inside, that's just a way to mask it. Um, so I, I, I won't say that there are people who've taken painkillers that are not addicts. There are many of them. But mm-hmm. when, when there's addiction, and whether it's sex or drugs or alcohol, um, it's usually because you have another issue and you're using whatever it is to cope with that issue. And so I understand why those people were upset because everybody who takes, um, you know, a Percocet when they're in pain is not a drug addict. That's true. Right. Yeah. But there is uh, a, a rising number of people who are taking painkillers that have become addicted and it has become an epidemic where they're talking about it in the White House now because mm-hmm. it's affecting housewives in the Midwest. Right. And, um, and, and, you know, and, and that is also true. And that's what I guess it made me wonder, what degree was I wrong? Because this is the thing, other thing, I, th- I forget who mentioned it, um, but it's an obvious fact. We're not good at, you said you like, you, you, you have no shame in asking questions. You've said that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm okay with being wrong. And then if someone says, hey, you know, you missed this point, even if they were, they were very upset with me. And I was like, okay, you guys. I said, but first understand that if I'm wrong about this, I'm not coming at it to, I'm not coming at with that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Of course there's stuff I can miss. So in missing that, I was like, yeah, I get that I missed that. So we can have a conversation about it. Hey, go ahead, tell me what you know. You're, you're the one who's living that life. I'm detached from that. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough to not have to deal with that. Um, so to be able to hear people, and learn something, but then still understand that what I've read and seen and is also has some level of truth to it as well. It doesn't mean it's one way or another, and that's our problem. We don't know how to address things. And if someone actually comes at you, especially on Twitter, if people come at you angry, you start going, "Well, f you," and then nobody right. gets anywhere. And no, you it's just true. Fight back and forth, and so that's what we're not good at. So I feel like when I'm on here, like the topics get real heavy. <laughs> so I would like to lighten this up a little bit, and I would rather talk about that than uh, the actual ep- opiate e- uh, epidemic in America, which is just another one of the million things that we're dealing with in this country. But the the being able, you have a podcast, you're on the Young Turks. I'm a comedian, and I do this, and I do a lot of things where I speak. Haven't you gotten to the point where you're okay with the fact that you're not going to always get it all right and that sometimes you're going to miss some things because there are always going to be people to point out that you, <laughs> you know, because the, the truth is there are a lot of people who got a lot of free time on their hands and all they do is just, they just go through the internet all day long. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. You forgot the people who like the color blue and you're like, yeah, oh, no. <laughs> I forgot the people. Like, <laughs> my mom's trained me to be okay with listening to criticism because every time I had something to say and I was wrong, they'd be like, listen, uh, that's not it. And if I ask why, it's because I said so. That was always the answer. Yeah. And I was like, shit, why can't I? I mean, why was the worst question to ask? Yeah. So maybe I was prepared 
to be wrong because I was told I was wrong my whole life growing up. Like, listen, boy, you know what the fuck you're talking about. So just be quiet. And, don't, and I thought I was a smart person yeah. <laughs> until they told me that you don't know what you're talking about. I, I, <laughs> I always thought I can figure it out. Also, no one is gonna fry me like my own family fried me. <laughs> when I was, you know, I would do some theater production. And my father and mother would then go, okay, well, this is what we thought. We looked at the, the first act. We thought you had a little trouble getting started, but then you really <laughs> began to come in. Like, you know, most parents are, are they wow, you, did it. you were just great. No, no, but they, they'll give you the, the, and if you write an article, they'll go, yeah, I thought it was a bit repetitive maybe, but uh, I get your general point. I mean, they'll. <laughs> the sandwich they, method. <laughs> he really breaks it down, yeah. my old man. You know what I mean? He really breaks down what. And so when you get praise from that guy, it's real praise, it's oh. sincere. Like he doesn't just puff you up. My dad particularly, that's why I mentioned him because it's sort of, he's really, you know, I think he just sees himself as a, a he sees himself sort of as a jurist, as a judge, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, he has a legal background and maybe he always feels like he's gotta render an opinion, you know? But I mentioned it because if you come through that, as you say, it tempers you for the Twitterverse because mm -hmm. Twitterverse going, uh, Mark Thompson, you know, you think so you're so smart, but uh, whatever. It's like, mm -hmm. dude, whatever, man. Go ahead, take your take your shot. Yeah, um, I did a joke about my daughter, like my daughter, um, and uh, I, I did a joke and I put the joke on Instagram. And in the joke, um, my daughter ran track and she was really bad at it. And I was like, <laughs> don't come home with participation ribbons. They give those to the kids with the stitches in their heads. And this guy, this white woke guy showed up on my Instagram feed and was appalled. And he was like, this joke is disrespectful and appalling. I had 10 stitches in my head. There are millions of people who had stitches in their heads. Mind you, I was one of them when I was a kid. Uh. I had stitches in my head, right? I, I, I was twirling around. I hit the corner of a, a table in my house and I ended up getting eight stitches in my head. So I'm speaking on behalf of me. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm one of the dummies I'm talking about. <laughs> Right, and then this guy. I was on behalf of stitches in your head, people everywhere, right? Right, yeah. but then it, it became a thing, and he was going back and forth, and he was trying to get me to sit down with him. Um, you know, he wanted to have a public debate, and he was like, we need to have a conversation about this. I'm going to let the young Turks know how insensitive. And, I, and you know what? I, 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 I'm petty. So I was like, you know what, bro? When I had my son, I had an episiotomy. And I, that means I had eight stitches in my vagina. And there are millions of women all over the world who've had episiotomies. Yeah. And Do you have stitches in your vagina? I know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, and I'd love to sit down with you, but I can't sit down yeah. because I got eight <laughs> stitches in my vagina. So I'm just like, at this point, you, I used to really be bothered by it. I would be like, oh, man, I don't want to be mean to anybody. <clears throat> my heart is always in the place where I just want to operate from love, and I don't get it right all the time, but it doesn't matter because there are people who are rigged for that. They're just looking for your error right. because they got to have a win in life. <laughs> and it's, well, and I don't know if it's more enhanced because of the public nature of things like Twitter and yeah. Instagram and all those, is once, and especially once they've got your attention or they feel they've got your attention. Um, from a point of, they're like, oh man, blue check. Okay, she said something, and you get a lot of it. Okay. And the one or two that you decide to respond to, then it's, okay, we need a public debate. Why does that be a, what does the public debate part have to do with it? Why can't we talk about it? Again, I was talking about the, 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 the approach I had about opioids and, and, and drug abuse and all that and prescription drugs. 
for then for folks to say, let's have a public debate. I was like, well, we're having it. They want a to discussion. take down. They're, They're going to take you down. Yeah, what do you think about. this is? It's a public debate. But, but I think that also the Twitterverse, for example, and Instagram to a degree really responds to that arch criticism and snide uh, put down. So those people get a lot of horsepower in the Twitterverse from, you know, uh, just because you've had uh, stitches doesn't mean that you're blah, 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 blah. Maybe you should take a page from, mm -hmm. you know, people who have stitchesville, where mm -hmm. we have, a, you know, I don't know. There's a, there's a skewering that goes on in yes. the world of Twitter that is rewarded. So it almost, it, your, your chances of, of getting incoming fire on Twitter are much greater because of that, I think, oh, because yeah. it's rewarded. And you know what's funny? Like today I told the guy to eat a dick. Because <laughs> I did. I told him to eat a dick. And I'll tell you, he's a TYT supporter. But I said, is it me or do I? Is, or does everybody else feel like I'm in a, I feel like I'm in a real bad game of Sims. And so everybody started responding. And he said, this sounds like, um, this joke sounds like a hack wrote it. And so I said, uh, eat a dick. Is that hack enough for you too? <laughs> so then he responded and said, hey, I wasn't trying to uh, talk about you. I was oh. talking about society. So I apologized on Twitter. Oh, I said, nice. I'm so sorry. My, I, 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 I hope you a, haven't eaten that dick yet. Yeah, please yeah. don't <laughs> because eat I'm sorry the now. dick. But I was just, I was like, I, I'm sorry. I, my bad. I, I've had, yeah. because um, over the weekend when I was in Canada, there was a comedian uh, who's a, he's a, a Donald Trump supporter, right? Did this joke, was, they were eviscerating Rashida, Rashida Tlaib, right? Mm -hmm. Is that how you yeah. say her name correctly? And they were calling her ugly, right? <clears throat> and then you go down the thread and they, then they have pictures of Ilhan and talking about how she was ugly. So I called them out. I said, look at these crackers making fun of these black women. I put crackers with the three Ks like, like Ice Cube. I said, mm -hmm. look, berating these women. I don't have a problem if you have issues with Rashida's politics and you oh. want to criticize her policies. But white men sitting on a thread on Twitter dissing women of color and calling them ugly when women of color have to deal with this European body standard daily is unacceptable. So then they start, um, they start coming for me. And I, I, was on, I, I was like, oh, here we go. So I was on edge. So when this guy called me a hack because the other guy called me a hack, I was like, I said, eat a dick again. Is yeah. that hack enough for you, right? And then I felt bad because what I saw was people responded to that tweet more than any other tweet. Right. And I was like, what, what is happening with us? And that's what I'm saying. It's so much, it, it's, it's just like moths to flame yeah. is the is the attention to a negative tweet or yeah. to a put down. But I apologize and I apologize Again, no, here. I'm missing, what was his reasoning? Well, he, he said something it was a hack line, to you, but then but you, he said, oh, I didn't mean it that way. What did he mean? I don't get- So what. I don't know, but the other people just started like piling up on mm -hmm. him. And so he was like, oh, I don't know, that's not what I meant. And so I was like, you know, if that if you, if you didn't come for me maliciously, then I'm sorry, I'm just on edge right now because I have all these maggots coming for me. Um, but you know, like I, I respect people. Like I, I did the, this joke about Caitlyn Jenner here, and some people got upset and they said it was a transphobic joke. I didn't apologize for the joke because I don't think it was transphobic because I think Caitlyn Jenner 
exploits trans people. And it, Caitlyn Jenner is an elitist, only became part of the struggle when it affected her. Up until then, she was fine and pumping Donald Trump. And then when it became something that would affect her, she was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. But she wasn't thinking about all the black transgender women who are being murdered. But there was a TYT supporter that came to an event and confronted me about it and said, hey, I just felt a certain way about this joke. Would you have a conversation with me? And we had a great conversation. <laughs> and I said, I still think Caitlyn Jenner is trash. I'm not taking that back. But uh, if you want to know how I feel about the LGBTQ plus community, this is how I feel. And we had a, an intelligent, positive discourse about it, and it was over. And I respect people like that. Right, sure. But don't don't come for me on Twitter and think I'm a, I'm a comic. Like all I do is write jokes. Right, there's you know? going to be a little edge to whatever you write. You know, I have a Bruce Jenner story. Can mm -hmm. I tell the Bruce Jenner story? Yeah. Okay, so I was uh, asked to speak and give a keynote speech at a huge award show, and it was at the Beverly Hilton, which is where they have the Golden Globes and everything. You know, so it's a big deal. So the way the uh, this thing was set up, you do a little like light. I did a lot of light stuff, like funny mm -hmm. things at the beginning, like just to warm the crowd up. Then I get into my speech, which is supposed to be empowering and all this other crap. And then, uh, I mean, it's not <laughs> crap, but you know what I mean. Like it's, uh, yes. I, I'm almost like just saying, I don't know. Yes. I do my best. I don't know. I don't know how empowering it was, but you know, where there's some like lesson or moral or things you've learned. And then at the end, you leave them laughing, right? Like that's a that's a solid plan. Mm -hmm. So, but it's a little different because normally I MC things and I play kind of loose. I don't have any prepared remarks. And I just kind of have fun. And then I MC something and then they're, you know, leave everybody laughing again and it's done. But here I really had to stick to a <laughs> script. So I had to write it and all this stuff. So I'm backstage and I'm kind of nervous because, as I say, there's all this stuff that's, you know, it's a strategy. You know, you get to take it through like a contoured talk. And the guy who booked me, who organized it, said, uh, hey, are you okay? You say, I said, yeah, I'm just anxious about this. I just hope it goes well. And he said, hey, man, doesn't matter what happens out there because it'll be better than last year. And I said, well, what happened last year? <laughs> so Bruce Jenner was here. And... He was the keynote speaker. And I said, oh, my God, that's unreal. That doesn't make me feel better. That makes me feel more nervous. He was probably amazing. He said, nope. He got <laughs> up there, and he starts whatever, and he's up there about 90 seconds, and his phone rings in his jacket, and he takes the Jesus. call. <laughs> While he's, this is at the Beverly Hilton. There are hundreds of people there, and he said he was probably on the phone for three, four <laughs> minutes. Wow. And it, I, I said, wow, okay, I do feel better. I will not be taking any calls during this. And it was just wild. Imagine having so little self-awareness that you're, you know, they've asked you to come here. They're paying you to do it. And you just are so drunk on yourself or whatever that you mm -hmm. actually, now, look, maybe it was a bad day. Maybe he's not, you know, she's not that way anymore. She's got a new outlook. I'm sure on a lot of things, but. Wow, that was wild. I didn't think our lives were going to overlap in that way. I would have wanted to know what he's discussing, who's the phone call with. You know, like the phone call comes in, you can hear his side of the conversation. So he's like, hey, ma, you know, like what is, right. what's the conversation? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, last week I was a little sick. Yeah, I picked up that sugar on the way home. Like, what is <laughs> that? It wasn't about? that, I'm sure. Like, and there can't be anything that important. To, and if you have well, to have to take a call, usually it's personal. Like, if I'm in the middle of a group and I was like, oh, I really got to take this call. I don't do it, even in just a, if you're at someone's house, 
if it's that important for me sure. to take a call, you step outside. Then you yeah. step away. Yeah. Right? Not when Chris Jenner calls asking about her commission. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe he thought it would be entertaining, you know, to give him the benefit of the doubt. But at some point, I mean, you've got past the entertaining after about a minute. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you stay up there. So, and it was a. You killed it then. You killed it. <laughs> I was so much better than, than Bruce Jenner was. Yeah. Good. So was Bruce story. Jenner. That's why Bruce yeah. is Caitlyn now. Yeah. Bruce Jenner was go. trash. That's right. Leave, leave, Bruce, leave Bruce behind. Yeah. Speaking uh, of stitches. Can you imagine hey. the tweets for that one? Thank you. It, Thank it you. makes me wonder. Though. I, I'm sorry, because this reminds me when you mentioned stitches again. This is what I meant to ask. I wouldn't even, your stitches joke. I would not have even realized that that's an offensive, uh, an, an affected group of people. Oh, he was because like, like I, I had stitches in my knee as a kid. Is like, which is it? Because it's in your head. It's a joke. It was just. It was about it was, the participation like, trophy. It, it comes from yeah. my. It comes from my. The reason it, it. I guess when you have to give people context now for jokes, because if you can't <laughs> just tell a joke anymore. For me, it was, I was such a ditz that I was spinning around. My grandmother kept saying, stop, I need that, stop. I, and she's like, you're going to bump into something. And of course, I bump into something, and I end up with these stitches in my head. So that's where my point of reference comes from, because I was the ditz. Yeah. So when I make the joke, it's coming from that perspective. But if you don't give people that context, it looks like you're pouncing on people. On someone who, who injured themselves? I didn't know that's a disenfranchised group of people. Like, usually, if someone oh. has stitches in their head because it was no no fault of their own, that's when it's like mean because you're coming after someone who this is their lot in life. Well, yeah, this man told me, you don't understand, he was going in on me like I was talking bad about slaves, right? And I was just sitting there like, are you, t you this white guy is telling me that. I, he was like, you, you, you disrespect, you, you don't even know what it feels like. I said, man, I got called the N-word in front of my four-year-old son, and he asked me what that meant, and I had to explain to him mm -hmm. what that meant in front of a whole bunch of people. I felt like Sophia from The Color Purple. <laughs> How dare you tell me that you are offended because I made a joke about stitches in the head. I had stitches in my head. I was like, man, you know what? You know what my go-to is? Go eat a dick. <laughs> I said what I said. Moral of the story this week, you guys. Uh, do not come from for either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. She has one of the best. Uh, it's a hashtag by now. Um, I get my likes in person. One of my favorite lines, um, because it's true. That's and in reality, I'm sure both of you guys have experienced this. When people actually come up and talk to you in person, it's like a, it's it's rare lately, but then it's like more. A rewarding thing. Even someone who disagrees with you. I was in a full-on 45-minute disagreement, argument, debate about healthcare in the middle of Ralph's, our local grocery store, with some guy who had a full, no lie, he had a full motorcycle, like armor on, head to toe, the one piece as if he's in a, as if he's in a motorcycle race, and a helmet on. I was wearing a Bernie Sanders healthcare shirt, and he goes, so no, he had his helmet on with the visor down in the middle of the store with a loaf of bread in his hand. Wow. And he walked past me and he saw the shirt and he came back and he goes, so tell me this. And that began 45 minutes where I got phone calls and I was like, I got to go, but we're still talking. That even, which is for, as, as annoying as that conversation was, that's better than a Twitter argument to me. Because at least it's an interaction. And right, I know right, who I'm right, looking right. at. And he eventually took his helmet off and we were talking. But, but the even, shot of him with the helmet and talking to you. Why you didn't give someone a camera to take that? No lie, it was the first 15 minutes of conversation. He kept oh, the helmet on because he was worried about the coronavirus. <laughs> so he kept his helmet on in the grocery store. <laughs> but he's telling you that Medicare for all is foolishness. Yeah. Oh, Get out of here.
Christmas. Eat a dick. That's the next year. <laughs> That's your next hashtag. Eat a dick. I got my likes in person and eat a, yeah. Eat a dick. Watch TYT. TYT All School, speaking of which, of course, either Rodriguez, Mark Thompson. We've got good stories. I mean, we got storytellers surrounding me. This makes my job like easy and fun. I like he didn't say dick just now, though. I'm sorry. He didn't say, he said, Ida. He was like, who the fuck is at my door? <laughs> yeah. But dick is where well, he draws it was the just, line. I feel like I may be damaging my wholesome, uh, you know, eat a dick image. So. <laughs> uh, I don't, you're right. It was an odd thing to like, pull up on, but I did. I, I love it. Everyone has their line. We found Mars. <laughs> Until next time, you guys, you enjoy yourselves. Eat as many dicks as possible. <laughs>